Hello and welcome to this Retail Systems podcast on Omnichannel Strategies. I'm Ross Law, Senior Reporter at Retail Systems, and today I'm joined by Peter Fellows, Commerce Lead for Emir at Sitecore. Welcome, Peter. Great to have you on the podcast today. Hello, Ross. How are you doing? Yeah, very well, thanks. And you? Yes, good, thanks. Yeah, thanks for the invite. You're very welcome. So we're going to be looking at omnichannel strategies and really covering a broad spectrum of topics. Uh, and let's, let's get right into it. Um, Peter, from, from you, I'd first love to know how, from your point of view, the approach to omnichannel strategies for retailers has been evolving in, in recent years. Yes, that's a great opener, Ross. I mean, you know, we've got to the, the state of omnichannel being everything to everybody. And it's a very broad statement, I think. Um, how have we got here? Well, you know, digital commerce, I think, is uh, started off as a very, very separate channel, a very, very separate business. Uh, companies were offering it where they had the opportunity to do so. And it was really on a testing basis, really. That quickly moved, I think, with some of the larger retailers to something they call multi-channel. Now, of course, uh, multi-channel really is just a description of offering more than one channel. And uh, again, they were never very connected. You know, these were very, very different businesses that people were offering. Um, and you either had the capability to take advantage of that as a consumer, or it was just something that you quite plainly ignored, quite frankly. But I think where we've reached now is, is, is something termed omni-channel. And I think, there are several things about omnichannel which I think are, are quite interesting. You know, in, t- in terms of why we got here and what strategies people are employing, um, you know, omnichannel is really uh, a result of the consumer driving that engagement, I believe. So the consumer now makes up the rules, the consumer now wants to engage with the, the brand or the retailer in the ways that suits them best. And I think in terms of the, the, the brand and retailer, they, they respond to that because obviously they're finding a, a relationship between them and the consumer that actually you know, maximizes the opportunity for them to sell and become more successful. So, um, I mean, we have to take account that consumers have two great things, I think, going for them. You know, they have the, the mobile phone and they have choice. And within those two parameters, this ability to um, engage with a brand and a product in many different ways is, is, is comfortable for the consumer, but can become very uncomfortable for the retailer in that sense. Um, because as happened in the very early days, um, there, was a, there was a real challenge in trying to keep that brand experience, the proposition, the offer consistent across those channels. And um, we've now got to a point whereby there's a huge proliferation of channels, a huge proliferation of touch points, sales areas, and the brand is continually fighting, I think, to make sure that their offer, their proposition, their value, in a sense, um, is, is the same. And where they can, they are able to almost choreograph an engagement with the, with the consumer, which maximizes and takes takes account of those many different channels all coming together. So you have strategies like, you know, buy online, pick up in store, bupis or extended aisle or uh, things like these, whereby you're, you're really using your online channel as a, as a browse or a purchase. 
you're using your store channel as a, as a pickup or another purchase point. You're using different areas of delivery and fulfillment. Don't want to get delivered. Don't want to come pick it up. Um, and they're using those combinations to try and drive a, a better engagement, obviously, convert a lot more revenue into their tools and obviously drive a, a consumer that's going to be a loyal consumer for the long term. Uh-huh. And what are, what are some of the challenges that retailers are having in connecting their omnichannel and making sure the, the experience is as unified as possible to meet customer demand? Well, I think, um, you know, I, I think omnichannel can, can be seen from, from a technical point of view. Uh, obviously, Sitecore is a company that supplies technical solutions to support omnichannel retailers. But also, it's, it's from a, a consistency point of view as well. So we talked about how the brand has to be very consistent across those channels. And how do you achieve that? So, you know, the experience based upon the content, the initial engagement, a personalization strategies you may be looking at, uh, data informing who that consumer is, um, data around that engagement, that process has to be consistent. So, you know, the challenges they typically come across are data silos, process silos, um, lack of integration between many different information points, which mean that the the engagement the consumer has is a frictionless engagement, yeah, is an engagement. Um, so I would say there's a lot of technical issues with it, but consistency is another great one. And consistency, of course, is driven from, from business strategies as well. Uh-huh. Uh, I'd, I'd like to pick up on the, the data element. Um, just... Um, from your point of view, what are some of the most important data uses and how can retailers apply those in a, in a meaningful way, which sort of helps them out and helps the consumer out? Yeah, well, um, yeah, these days data comes in from many different points, doesn't it? Um, you know, we are looking not just at your interaction with that, that particular brand, what, is, what have they purchased before? Are they a customer that we know? Um, to basically, you know, what sort of person is that? Do we have a relationship with them? Do we understand what their motivations are? Um, what their likes are, their dislikes? You know, the data from social media is, is, is piling up and, and streaming in through different channels and pickup points. And, you know, there is this great challenge, I think, in terms of, how, what do we, you know, we collect this data, but what then do we do with it? So, right. you know, the more advanced tools and Sitecore has something called a customer data platform, a CDP, where we're able to collect this data and use it offline and online, but we're using it to segment customers to try and find some patterns, to try and find some, some areas whereby we can, we can prompt and, um, and drive see. much more of a personalized engagement to the consumer. Because I think personalization drives relevancy, drives context. And once you have those spot on with the consumer, then you are going to have a much better uptake, much better conversion rates. And, you know, you, you, you can't get away from the core KPIs that retailers have to follow when they're looking at commerce. You know, it's all around the conversion, basket size, the opportunity to upsell and cross-sell. How do we maximize that engagement and still then get a consumer which is uh, loyal, and and becomes an advocate because that's essentially where where the holy grail is, I suppose. Uh huh. Uh huh. I see. So, what elements of 
um, an omnichannel platform have really become essentials now. You, you touch on the personalization element. Um, yeah, what, what other areas are, are really kind of needed to, to satisfy both the consumer and, and retailer? Yeah, um, a couple of areas here. I think continue on the personalization front. You know, we're uh -huh. seeing a big uptake in terms of uh, the ability for retailers not to perhaps spend a lot of time thinking about what that consumer's done in the past. You know, are they driving patterns? Because once you bought a car, you bought a car, right? You probably don't want to buy another one the week after. But it's a uh -huh. case of you know what is the consumer's state of mind in the moment so once that consumer comes to my website what is he actually looking for what is it what is his state of mind what is his purchase intention can we gain a pattern from him as soon as we possibly can to see what he's clicking on what particular product areas he's looking at and then can we use that information to be proactive and provide recommendations so this is where we as a company are using uh, ai in our products and of course, AI has this ability to, to build patterns very, very quickly and to assimilate data and to analyze data very, very quickly. And we use that in our search and merchandising engine um, called Discover. And we're able to, following three to four clicks on that website, start to build very, very quick understandings of who this is and what sort of products you might be interested in. Of course, if you get those recommendations right, this consumer is actually in the moment, he's ready to buy, he's here with a mindset of, of buying, and you can get very high conversion rates. So, you know, that's where we're seeing a lot in terms of that real-time, in-the-moment personalization capability, driven by technology, of course. Um, the other thing I'd say about, um, you know, technology trends is the velocity of change is increasing all the time. And I think if you go back many years when people were looking at digital commerce platforms, for example, it wasn't, um, it wasn't unusual for a technical platform to be installed and then nine, 12 months later, that technical platform was to come on stream. And everybody assumed that the business case and use case was exactly the same as it was 12 months ago when you started that project. Today, that change is happening much more quickly. And we are now, I think, at a, at a state whereby the technology, the architectures of the platforms are now very agile and flexible. So you're actually able to very, very quickly implement a use case or, a, or an experience, put it that way, for your consumer. But if that experience isn't working, or if the consumer demands are changing, if the market changes, wow, we've come through some changes in the last couple of years, then you're very able to get onto that platform and change it. You'll be able to pivot a business, a go-to-market, a business proposition. You're able to tweak, change things very, very quickly and not have to wait another nine months before you can actually reorientate your business. So in that sense, you know, these projects are starting very quickly. You're able to drive value very quickly. You, know, you want to get up and running quickly, get some money, get that proposition online quickly. And then, of course, change as you go along, develop, adapt and move forward. Well, I think that's been a major shift it's been a huge shift where agility and flexibility are now far more important far more higher value than actually lists of functionality or features that you would typically find on a on a digital commerce storefront or something uh-huh 
that, that's really interesting. And it makes me wonder whether um, what role this agility and flexibility has to play in emerging technologies and you know potential spaces for retailers such as the metaverse do you, do you have any thoughts there yeah um yes i mean yeah we see a lot about the metaverse um and actually we we built a a dealership in the metaverse for one of our one of our clients to prove that the prove that the metaverse is essentially you know, whilst it's another world to some people, whilst it's a it's a step into a different paradigm, actually it's just another it's just another channel. Let's be honest. Mm -hmm. um, it's somewhere else to buy your product or to showcase your product or to or to deliver an experience to your consumer, which uh, is you know unique, uh, differentiated for your brand, but also it's somewhere where the consumer wants to be, and you're actually you know putting your products in that in that situation. And as another channel, it's, it's, it isn't any different from other areas where these channels are proliferated. You know, we have um, social commerce. So you have buy buttons on Instagram or Pinterest. You have streaming commerce. So now there's a great uplift in terms of buying, you know, on the streaming channels as well. So wherever you could put a buy button, I think you will have commerce. And you do need that agility to make that connection into these new channels. And, you know, we're not here to talk technology, I don't think Ross, but things like open APIs or having these uh -huh. systems managed in the cloud so you don't have to be responsible for any performance glitches or you know piling on more servers or hardware to try and make your performance um, meet your SLAs. You know, that's all taken care of now. There's a there's a fundamental idea, I think, that the the, the engines, the operational um, part of these platforms is now set, you know, we have levels of functionality that's, that's pretty much there and, and it reaches 70, 75% of the requirement from the different uh, customers, whether it be retailers, whether it actually be B2B clients as well. Then you get over on top of that, where you're able to build uniqueness, where you're able to drive innovation and actually really drive something which is valuable to you as a brand and your business and your proposition. So I think, as I said, we've moved from these very large cumbersome platforms to something which is very, very agile, which gives you the ability to drive quite unique experiences and also allows you to connect into the world of cool tech, of different channels, of different consumer groups, wherever you actually want to be in order to maximize your commercial opportunity. I'd like to pick up on the personalization factor a little more. Obviously, agility seems to be a big part of this, but how do you ensure brand loyalty in the first place? And I suppose, how do you sustain it? Yes, um, I have been known to stand up and say that I don't think brand loyalty is a very sticky concept you know, these days. I think... Uh, perhaps in the past, we were very aligned to brands and um, the number of options to us were more limited and the ability to access different products, different uh, you know, choices was quite limited. I find today that the generations are much more experience loyal rather than brand loyal. I think if they have a good experience with a, with a retailer, um, whether that be a pure play online or whether it be a, a bricks and mortar, a, a, a true omni-channel retailer in that sense, then they will stick with that retailer because it's delivering what they want. 
But the fact they have so much choice on the end of that mobile phone uh, as they're walking down the street or as they're parked up or as they're sat on a park bench, you know, the brands have to work really hard to make sure that that whole engagement, that whole experience, whether it be from the selection of the product, whether it be from the ease of browsing, the ease of checking out its reviews, the actual accuracy of delivery and fulfillment, because that's all part of the promise, um, mm. you know, whether that really lives up to what they're doing. Because I tell you what, if it doesn't and you get disappointment, then those consumers will switch very, very quickly. So I think it is an experience. I think there's a lot more around communication. I think there's a lot more probably around the brand associating with things like sustainability, like um, other concepts that are, are important to consumers these days. But I think there's a continual communication required with these set of consumers that, um, that keep them loyal. And as I said, hopefully drive them into advocates because the cost of acquiring customers these days is huge. And you know, once you once you have that connection to the market, I think it's it's on you to maximize that and um, do whatever you can with your with your technology, with your marketing channels to to make sure you get the most from those investments. Peter, we're going to run for about five more minutes. And I think it might be good to ask a sort of all-encompassing question for you to give me your your final thoughts the current trends now how are those going to look in five years if you could um take out your crystal ball for a moment and how do you see things evolving oh well anything based on the last couple of years it's just more 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 and more isn't it really I think perhaps the, the, the thing is, it's difficult to forecast that. It's difficult. The crystal balls are clouding over a little bit for me, I think. <laughs> because you know, once, you've cracked the, once you've cracked virtual reality, the metaverse and artificial intelligence, where else is there to go, quite frankly? Um, you know, I think it's, I do come back to the theme, hopefully, that's been running here today is very much the ability to make that change, the ability to be prepared. Um, you know, we have a slogan around, our order cloud commerce platform is that it should be the last one you ever buy or invest in because it's not so much as you have a package or an application that's going to help you these days. You now have an architecture which should be there to support your business. And I said what I said earlier on is that businesses have to adapt very, very quickly. You know, we have a retailer that in March 2020, all the stores shut down and we know why that was. But overnight, it became a retailer without an outlet for consumers. So overnight, they had to think of another way of doing it. We still take orders. So why don't we do something called curbside pickup? And um, that allowed the consumers to drive along and pick it up. Not good to stop and pick it up. Now, to be able to do that quite quickly was actually paramount to the survival of that business. And we were able to provide that for them in our order club platform over a weekend. Now, that's just an example of where the business requirement should drive the response and the ability to respond in a timely fashion to a crisis, whether it's out of your control or within your control. Let's be honest, businesses are always looking to find an edge. They're always looking to twist or change a go-to-market or a proposition. And if you're able to say yes, when your board comes to you and says, can we optimize this? Can we maximize this particular opportunity? Then you're going to be up for promotion, I think. So... Uh-huh. You know, to, to try and capture your, your question, uh, I suppose, Ross, it's, um, for me, it's adaptability and flexibility, I think, is going to be the key to the next couple of years. How do companies adapt? 
and technology is obviously a very big part of that but you know we use technology to support business strategies and um, that's where the two come together and I think the winners will be the ones that will be able to do that fastest timely and based upon those real consumer requirements. Well I think that's a terrific end piece thank you very much Peter your time today and before we wrap things up if anyone wants to find out more about Sitecore, where should we send them? Yeah, well, you know, you can go to Sitecore.com, which is the corporate uh, website, obviously. If you'd like to know a bit more specifically around the commerce proposition that we have and some of those ideas we have around omnichannel, whether it be B2C or anything around B2B, please send me an email directly if you like. And my, my email is peter.fellows. That's F-E-L-L-O-W-S at sitecore.com. And I'll happily um, read your emails and uh, respond. Thanks very much, Peter. And thanks again for your time today. Okay, it's been a pleasure. Good speaking to you.